Hi, my name is Paul Grogan. Welcome to episode 14 of the all new Gaming Rules podcast. This is an audio version of the monthly video log that went out at the start of February 2022. This podcast is made possible thanks to the financial support of my Patreon campaign. So if you enjoy the content that I create and you want to support the channel directly, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to the Gaming Rules Monthly Video Log Roundup thing of list of things that I've been doing for February 2022. Slightly delayed, I had planned to do this last week, uh, but due to a combination of, well, all sorts of different things, I've not managed to get around to it until today. However, I am currently recording this on the 7th of February, so I've managed to stick to my sort of self-imposed, I want to do this within the first week of each new month. Um, yeah, this will probably go live tomorrow, but I'm actually recording this yeah, sort of on time, a little bit delayed, if you know what I mean. Anyway, in this video log, I'm going to be talking about all of the games that I've been playing since the last video log, which is about a month's worth. I'll give you an update on the Patreon campaign. We'll talk about everything that I've got planned uh, for the few weeks ahead and some general other ramblings. So, first of all, a big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters for making these videos possible. As many of you know, I do rely on the financial support of the Patreon campaign. So if you like this content, if you like this video and any of the other content that I create, please consider supporting me at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And we'll have a full update on the Patreon uh, and the countdown to 800 later on. So let's dive in and start talking about all of the games that I've been playing since the last video log, and this is in order. On the 10th and the 11th of January, I got to play Hermagore Market. Now, this is a game that was on Kickstarter. The Kickstarter has now finished. I don't know if you can late pledge it or anything like that. But this is a $3 game, which is basically access to the files, access to a website, which will randomly create for you a map that you can play on, and then you can download it, print it off, and it's a print and play game. So it's a print and play game, but with a variable map setup. Um, and basically the, the designer, Emmanuel Ornella, who I'm a fan of, um, has, has gone on to this, uh, has created this game and done it through Kickstarter. As I say, I did the video to help the Kickstarter campaign. If you're interested in knowing more, if you like print and play games, and it is a solo print and play game, although it's one of those ones where, you know, as many people can play it as you want to, as long as one player rolls the dice and then everybody uses the results. So it's, it's that kind of game. Anyway, if you're interested in knowing more, I have done a video on the channel where I uh, show you how the game plays and teach you how to play. And I'm sure there must be some kind of way that you can get the game, even though the Kickstarter's finished. I don't know for sure. Um, now, there is an original game called Hermagore from many, many years ago, which I'm a big fan of. I own the game and I think it's a great game. And Hermagore Markets is kind of thematically linked to it. There's almost no uh rules that are the same it's 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 not the same in any way apart from you are moving around and you are trading goods but anyway yeah if you like that kind of thing solo print and play games or games that you can play with multiple people remotely as well as long as one player as i say rolls the dice tells everybody what's the what the results are everybody can then play along on the 12th of january i got to play a prototype of a game called time of empires now at the time that i did that uh game um, there was no entry on BGG for this. Now there is actually an entry on BGG. So Time of Empires is a new game coming from Pearl Games. And um, this, isn't, this isn't on the channel. So you can't actually watch this uh, video go out. This was a private playthrough that I did for the publisher 
because they contacted me for some rulebook consultancy. So basically, they've been working on this game, they've designed the game, they've developed the game, they've done a, a rough rulebook, and they sent a prototype of the game to me, and I got together with a few friends, and we learned how to play the game, and then we played the game. And that was all done through a live stream that privately got sent to the publisher. Uh, and they were watching along and they were making lots and lots of notes um, about any parts of the rules that we got stuck on and everything else. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say about the game other than it is a civilization style game that is played in real time with sand timers. Now, if you don't like real time games with sand timers, don't worry, because there is a variant in the game where you can play without sand timers. And the game's actually played over three ages, and the rules suggest that for your first game, you actually play the first, the first age without the sand timer rules, because you're all still learning. So basically, you take a turn, you take a turn, I take a turn, etc, etc. But when you're playing with the sand timers, the way that they work is a little bit like in Pendulum. The game reminded me a lot of Pendulum, which is, you've got these hourglasses, you say, I want to do that action over there, and you put the hourglass on the space and you do that action. Then you've got another action you want to do over there, so you put your hourglass on that space and you do that action. You can't do any other actions until those sand timers have run out. So it isn't completely fast and frantic, because what you do is you do the action, you put the timer down, and then you wait and you think, right, what do I want to do next? I want to do that one over there, okay? And you wait, and as soon as your sand timer has run out, you then pick it up and you do that action there. So that's the real-time aspect of the game. Now, I'm not a huge fan of real-time games, but putting that aside, the work that I was doing was a professional piece of work, consultancy on is the rulebook clear and does the game work and is there anything, any feedback that we've got. We weren't actually testing the game, it didn't actually matter whether I liked the game or not. However, we all did. We all really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun and my worry about the fact that, because I, I played the first age, and it wasn't using the real-time aspect. And I thought, right, I've got it now. This is quite clever. I like the way this works. I'm not looking forward to ages two and three where we have to do the same thing in real time. And I really didn't think I was gonna like it, but we played it, we all had fun, and yeah, that was it. So as I say, you can't see this video. This was a private video that I did for the publisher, but keep an eye out for Time of Empires if you like the sound of what I've, uh, what I've just described. What we played was a very early prototype. So. Uh, I say, an early prototype, the game was finished, but in terms of the graphic design and the artwork, which is why I'm not putting any pictures on screen, because the designer, uh, the publisher doesn't want me to show a prototype, because obviously it gives the false impression of the game. Um, but yeah, that's Time of Empires. Now, on the same day as playing Time of Empires, because two friends came round and, and joined me for that game, they also stayed for dinner, and then we played Tabanusi. Now, we played Tabanusi at three-player, I have previously covered Tabanusi on the channel when I did the solo playthrough and I did the two-player playthrough with Luke Hector. That was back in December of last year. But I really enjoyed the game. And I came away from the two-player game of Tabanusi thinking, this will play much better at three players. So I wanted to play at three players uh, and both Stephen and the other Paul, uh, they, they were happy to play it. So yeah, we did a three-player playthrough of Tabanusi. So that's on the channel. I have now done on the channel a solo game of Tabanusi, a two-player game of Tabanusi, and a three-player game of Tabanusi. They are all on the channel now. If you want to see any or all of those, uh, you can. Um, and yeah, I think, as for whether I felt it worked better at three than two, I'm going to say yes, but that is because I generally prefer three-player games to two-player games. Unless, of course, it is a two-player specific game. 
Um, then generally my favoured player count is three. But I actually felt it worked. As it, what I'm trying to say is, when I played the two-player game, I was like, hmm, this was good, I enjoyed the game, but I think it would be better at three because of these reasons. And then when I played it at three, I was like, okay, well, it was better, but it was better because it was three players rather than two players. The improvements that I thought were going to be made in the game from switching to two or three players, it wasn't as big as I thought. So, yeah, I'm probably not explaining myself very well at all. But anyway, that's Tabadusi. Again, videos on the channel. I really liked Tabanusi. And if we're talking about the T games, so um, Zolkin, Teotihuacan, Tekenu, uh, Tawantin Suyu, and Tabanusi. Now, I've not played Tawantin Suyu, so I can't comment on that. But Teotihuacan and Tekenu are, for me now, and it might surprise you to hear this, they are at the upper limit of what I am comfortable playing. As time has gone on, my taste in games has slightly changed, but also I've realised that I want a game, my ideal preference for a game is one where I can teach it in sort of 15-20 minutes, maybe 25 at the most, not a 45-minute teach, because I, I like the heavy games, but when you're talking about reward for the time that you put into it, I now prefer games with a, with a shorter teach. In other words, less complicated games, but with still the depth of gameplay. And Tabanusi for me, I felt personally, and I don't know if you agree, let me know in the comments if you agree with this, I felt that Tabanusi was a lighter game than Teotihuacan and Tekenu. Now I love Teotihuacan and I love Tekenu, but for me they are, as I say, they are up at the upper limit of my, what I find comfortable in terms of complexity. And Tabanusi was a step down from that and I, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, Tabanusi, I definitely play it again, really enjoyed it. That's that. Next up, on the 13th of January, very, very exciting, and switch off now if you're going to get jealous, but I have been asked by Mind Clash Games to do the official how to play videos for Perseverance, Castaway Chronicles, and the prototype, not the prototype, the final copy of the game arrived with me about a week into January. Now, backers of the game are not getting their copies for another couple of months. I was sent an early copy. It was one of the mass production copies that, that went to Mind Clash. They checked it out, made sure it was all okay, then gave the printers the thumbs up to continue production, and then they sent that copy to me in order for me to create the videos. Now, it's been a while since I covered Perseverance on the channel. I did it during the Kickstarter campaign, and I remembered, well, it's got dinosaurs and it's got dice. And that's it. That's all I remember about it. So... The first thing that I do when um, creating one of my how to play videos is to basically learn how to play, or in this case, relearn how to play. And what better way of doing that than getting some friends around and learning how to play. So on the 13th of January, and this was streamed privately to Patreon supporters as a behind the scenes look at what's going on, we basically learned how to play episode one and played it, and then we learned how to play episode two and played it. So these videos, the reason why they're uh, behind the scenes videos is I, I don't really want a public video on my channel of three friends sat around with a rule book trying to learn how to play a game from the rule book when I'm about to create the official how to play videos. I don't think that looks good at being on the channel. However, the reason I do them as behind the scenes videos is a lot of patron supporters of mine like to get an insight into what goes on in the background. So yeah, I got to play episode one and episode two of Perseverance on the 13th of January. Now we didn't finish episode two because we ran out of time 
Um, it was a long day, and these they're, they're quite heavy. They're quite heavy games. I think we were probably about um, maybe forty-five minutes learning episode one, and then we were about, and then we played episode one. And of course, we were having to check the rules and everything else. And then we played episode two. Now I've just realised what I've just said, and I might contradict myself here because I just said earlier on what I'm comfortable with is a game where you can teach it in about 15, 20 minutes. And it took us 45 minutes to play Perseverance. That's because we were learning from the rule book. If I sat down to teach you how to play Perseverance, it would probably be about 20, 25 minutes. But learning from the rule book and reading as we went, it, it took quite a while. It might have even been an hour. Um, but anyway, loved it. I mean, I, I enjoyed the game from when I first played the prototype. I just really like it. Um, and I'm, do, I'm just going to skip forward now to... Where is it? On my list. It is... It's on here somewhere. It was a games day that I went to at the end of January. I can't remember the exact date, but I've written it down somewhere. Um, I played it again. So what I did is I played these two games on the 13th, and then I set to work in writing the script. So I spent probably three or four days of the week afterwards writing the script for both episodes. And then at the end of January, uh, I went round to a friend's house, and I basically said, yeah, I'm going to play Perseverance today, and I'm going to test my script. So I set the game up, and then I read through the script as if it's actually the how to play video, pointing to things on the board. And I basically use that as an opportunity to A, play both episodes again, which I really enjoyed, um, but also to test the script. And it's, it's an essential part of the process because in testing that script and reading through it while teaching other people, I was like, oh yeah, I feel that this shouldn't be there, this should be later. And there was there was one part of, well, certainly episode one, I remember when I was reading through the script, I was like, hang on a minute, we've just gone through the rules about how you create the dice pool, yeah, well, at no point have I said you've got to roll the dice pool. Ah, right, yeah, okay. So I actually, I found that day very useful in terms of testing my script and, and going through it again. Anyway, so I got to play Perseverance in January twice. I played episode one twice and episode two twice. And yeah, really, really enjoy it. And it's going to be, I'm looking forward to finishing the how to play videos. I'll be working on them more this week and next week. Um, and yeah, this is a game which I think is going to be really good when it comes out. Next up on the 14th of January, so this was a Friday, uh, I played Polis twice. So Polis is a two player game uh, originally published quite a few years ago, quite a few years ago, but Devere Games um, sent me a copy of the new second edition because a local friend of mine, Rob had the original version and he's been telling me about it for years. I mean, he's not literally been phoning me up every week, but a few times he's mentioned this two-player game called Polis Fight for the Hegemony, uh, which is really good and he's got the original version. And years and years on, I've never had a chance to play it. So when Devere Games were publishing the second edition, uh, I contacted them and I said, look, this is a game which I've actually been interested in and it's really highly rated and a lot of people said it's really good uh, and I've been wanting to cover it on the channel. So that's what we did. So on the... 14th of January, I did two videos on Polis. One of them was a another behind-the-scenes video for patron supporters where me and JP learnt the game in the afternoon and then we played through it. I don't think we got the game finished. I can't remember. No, I don't think we finished the game. But then in the evening, two friends came round and we played it. Now, how, how does that work when, <laughs> when it's a two-player game? Well, me and Rob Turner had planned to play this game. And it was all booked in, and then on the Thursday, Rob, the, the, the other Rob who's actually got the first edition, contacted me and said, oh, if there's still space on Friday, I can come round. And I said, well, 
there isn't space because we're now deciding that we're playing a two-player game. But if you want to come round, we can play me and me and you will work together against Rob. And that's what we did. So the game that we did, and this is on the channel now if you want to see it, it's actually a three-player game of polis because two players were playing on the same side. Um, and to be fair, none of us, had, apart from the game that I'd played in the afternoon, um, that was my only experience with the game. And although Rob S had played it before, he didn't remember that much about it. Straight after that game, I wanted to play it again. Polis is a great game, and apologies for taking too long to get to the chase, but it is a great game. It is set in the 5th century BC, I think, and it represents the uh, the Peloponnesian War between Arthur and Spartans, Sp Spartans, Sparta, Athens and Sparta. But it, it's a great game. Mechanically, it's a great game. I really enjoy it. I know it is just moving cubes around the board, but it is such a clever design. And I remember when I did the unboxing video for this game, lots of people were in the live chat say, who I'd never seen in any of my other videos saying, oh, this is a great game. You really should cover this on the channel. It's really highly rated and everything else. And I can see why. Uh, there is an official tabletop simulator mod for the game, and it's been on my list for the last three weeks to get a game of it with Peter Rushton, and I just haven't had the time. But yeah, Polis, great game. Do I want to play it again? Absolutely. Really, really good. And uh, production quality of the second edition, second edition is fantastic. Right, moving on. Speaking of playing games online with Peter Rushton, uh, I've played two games of Undaunted Normandy with him. So me and Peter are playing through the whole of uh, Undaunted Normandy. We're going through the whole... Uh, it's not really a, a campaign. We're just basically playing through every mission in the book from start to finish. Uh, and in January, we did scenarios three and four on the 15th of January and on the 23rd of January. I'm playing the Germans, Peter's playing the Americans, and currently we're on a 4-0 victory to the Germans, although scenario three was touch and go at one point. Um, so yeah, really enjoying playing Undaunted Normandy. I've spoken about this on the channel many times before. I really enjoyed the system. Um, and it's just one of those games that I only ever played the first scenario or maybe the second scenario. So I've said to myself, right, I'm going to play through all of the scenarios because at least then I feel that I've actually played the whole game and explored the whole game rather than just playing the start of it and then never continuing. Um, now, I really like the mechanisms of the game and we can get a game played in like 45 minutes to an hour uh, and it's got a really nice deck building aspect to it and it is very tactical in where you go and what you decide to do it has dice okay now i will be honest with you if you are looking for a uh, a euro style world war ii themed tactical war game kind of thing it is that in one respect but in another respect you roll dice to see whether you hit or not and the reason why i enjoy the game so much is because the whole presentation of the game and the whole way that everything works and the fact that it plays in a short time is great it has dice for combat. I'm not saying that you can do it any other way because I don't think you can do it any other way. But ultimately, I've played a number of games where the dice sometimes do decide who wins. That's just a feature of these games. And I probably said exactly the same thing in the last video log, to be honest. But I know, I know a couple of people when I posted what games are you looking forward to me talking about said we want to hear your thoughts on Undaunted Normandy. So that's why I'm that's why I'm repeating it again. I really enjoy it. And I just, ha I just accept the fact that, yes, the dice rolls could be really good and in your favour, or they could be not good and, and, and go badly, but the game is relatively quick and there are still a lot of tactical decisions that you make in the game. Right, moving on, what's next? Ark Nova. 
So I played a couple of games of Ark Nova in January, one of my favourite games of last year, if not my favourite game of last year. I did a three-player game of it with Luke Hector uh, and Tom Heath. That was played over Tabletop Simulator. In fact, I've got down here, I've got two games of it. I can't remember playing two games, but anyway. Yeah, three-player game with Luke and Tom played over Tabletop Simulator um, because Tom had just got into playing the game. Me and Luke absolutely loved the game and we've played it loads. Now, that's on the channel now if you want to see it. We, uh, me and Tom dual streamed it, so if you wanted to watch it on Tom's channel, you can, or you can watch it on my channel. But we did a three-player game played over Tabletop Simulator. Now, Tabletop Simulator isn't for everybody, but both Luke and Tom live three hours away from me, and that would have been three hours drive here, play the game, and then three hours home again. It's just not feasible sometimes. Um, so yeah, so we use Tabletop Simulator for it. Now, for all of my love of Ark Nova and how I think it's an amazing game, I don't think I would want to play it again at three player. And this is based on what I said earlier on about three player is my favorite player count. So let me try and explain this. Ark Nova is mostly multiplayer solitaire. Now I have absolutely no problem with multiplayer solitaire games. I've got a lot of multiplayer solitaire games and I, and I love them. And if you don't know what I mean by multiplayer solitaire, what I mean is everybody's playing their own game and there is very little interaction with other players. And in Ark Nova, I think that's true. There is some interaction with other players in that there are um, the conservation projects, which you're sort of competing for. Um, there's the, in each round, there's only one of each university and one of each partner zoo available. So if I want the African partner zoo and you get there before me and take it, then I can't get it this round. But that's it. There is no real other multiplayer interaction. So for me, the feeling that I get from playing the two-player game is the same as I get from playing the three-player game, except the three-player game is longer with more downtime. Now, let's just go back to what I said about Tabanusi. The reason why I felt Tabanusi worked better at a three-player game is because in Tabanusi you're sort of collaborating to build each other's buildings and there was a little bit more going on there. So that's why I felt that game worked better with, with three. So Ark Nova, I've never played it at four. I don't know whether I want to play it at four. I think I'd probably just prefer to play two two-player games. But yeah, absolutely love the game. And I've also got a note on here to say that I've played it on the 21st. Never gonna get tired of playing it, really enjoy it. Just concerned by the playtime at the higher player count. So for me, two player is probably the sweet spot for that game. Next up, uh, 19th of January, Wednesday night, Arkham Horror, The Forgotten Age, the final chapter. We've been playing through the Arkham Horror, The Forgotten Age campaign for the last five months, I think it was, something like that. Um, there's normally eight chapters well, there are eight chapters in a game. However, we ended up playing this over 10 sessions. And that is because one of the chapters was actually split into two parts. And one of those chapters we had to do a second time. So it actually took us 10 game sessions to complete the Forgotten Age campaign, which is meeting every other week. That's five months. That's five months of time. Now, Arkham Horror, the card game is very possibly in my top 10 games of all time. I absolutely love the game, despite the fact that it's drawing random cards from a deck and random bag pulls, all of that stuff. But the story, the way the game plays is beautiful. I absolutely love playing the game. The Forgotten Age, I went into the campaign thinking this might be one of my favorites. Thematically, the idea of going in a jungle and searching out ancient civilizations and finding artifacts and things like that, that's exactly the kind of thing that I like. And after playing 
chapter one and chapter two, way back when in October, it was brilliant. And chapter two was one of the best games of Arkham Horror we've ever had. Um, two of our characters actually died at the end of that chapter and they had to generate new characters for chapter three. Um, that's not why I enjoyed it, um, but it was just very dramatic. It was very tense um, and it was just great. However, on reflection, Forgotten Age has not been one of my favourite campaigns, and that's for two reasons. The first one is, it's way too punishing. And I'm not the only person who said this. Everybody I know that's played the Forgotten Age has said, it's too punishing, it's too brutal, and yeah, it, it's, just, it's just a bit too negative on that sort of thing. Now, a lot of people have said that the return to the Forgotten Age fixes a lot of the problems, but I'm a, I wanted to play through the, the, the normal campaign first, before touching on the Return to stuff. But yeah, there's so many things in, in the game, uh, especially the interludes, which is like, do you have a piece of chalk? No, okay, well, you're all screwed. Do you have a bedroll? No, well, everybody take a wound. And the amount of trauma that you get in the Forgotten Age campaign, it's, it just seems way too much. And certainly two of the scenarios we played, we went into them, uh, there was no way we were gonna win them. Anyway, we played the final chapter. And if you don't wanna know what happened, then, skip ahead about two minutes in this video to the next game because I'm going to talk about it now. We played the final chapter and we went into it with all of our characters really, really badly wounded. We started off with loads of trauma and everything else and we'd failed the previous scenario like really badly and we'd failed like the one before that as well really badly. So we didn't get much experience which means our decks weren't really built up. We had like a hundred of Yig's Fury or whatever it was and we went into this last chapter of the game knowing that we were, we were going to fail this. We'll play through it, we're not going to stop, but the chances of us succeeding are just minimal and we might not even last more than half an hour. However, we won. The entire evening went well. First of all, our characters started with, well me and Andy, loads of horror, loads of damage. However, in our opening hand of cards and the first few cards we got, we got, oh, it's medical text. Oh, it's, it's healing. Oh, it's a bulletproof vest. So within a few rounds of the game, we'd actually sort of got ourselves into quite a good position. And our bag pulls for the evening, it's like there was about 10 plus one tokens in that bag. Because that plus one token, I think there's only two in the bag, but it came out most of the time. So we were very lucky with our bag pulls and we actually played through the scenario and we won. We actually won the campaign. So it was, a, it was an epic end to it. Um, but what the, the other reason why I didn't like it, and this is partially down to us, is because we were playing the game over five months, I'd, I'd lost track of the story. Now, I've not had that in any of the previous campaigns. In all of the previous campaigns, I knew what the story was, even though we were playing it over a long period of time, and I knew what we were doing, and I knew where we were going. Forgotten Age, it's a bit more story intensive, and there's a bit more going on, and I, I'd lost track. So I didn't know why we were there at the end, what we were doing there, and it, it, it wasn't clear to me at all. So I kind of lost track of the story. But as I say, that's not a fault with the campaign. It's just when playing it over that period of time, I was like, who, who are they again? Um, anyway, plans for the next Arkham Horror campaign, I don't know yet. I need to wrap up all of my other projects and get a bit more up to date with everything I've got going on. There will be more Arkham Horror coming to the channel. I just don't know when. Right, moving on. Uh, Le Grania Deluxe Master Set. So on the 21st and the 23rd of January, I got to play the new Le Granja. 
um, which is on Kickstarter. I think it's probably still on Kickstarter right now. It's doing really well, but Board and Dice asked me to cover the game. Now, they had limited physical copies of the prototype, uh, and I was one of the people who didn't get one of the physical copies. I got access to the tabletop simulator version. Um, so it is a tabletop simulator playthrough, but it's all I had. Now, I'm a huge fan of the original Lagranja. I got it when it came out, I've played it a whole bunch, and I just really, really enjoy the game. So I was very excited to hear that there was going to be a new version of the game coming out. And I got to play it on the 21st, which was a practice game for me in preparation for the video that I did for the Kickstarter campaign. And I was surprised when reading through the new rulebook, because I said, look, you're going to have to send me the new rulebook. And they went, oh, yeah, yeah. And it took me like a couple of days to get the new rulebook from them. And I got the new rulebook from them and I read through it and I went, hang on a minute. This sounds exactly the same as the old one. Let me go back to the old rulebook. And I was like, yeah. So there was me chasing them to get the new rulebook, saying, well, you need to send me the rulebook so I can learn how to play. And it's actually the same as the old version. Now, I've since been told that they've tweaked some of the cards a little bit, maybe. I don't quite know for sure. But gameplay-wise, same as the old one. What's different about the new version is had a graphical overhaul. So it looks very different graphically. Obviously, it's going to be a deluxe master set, so it's going to have nicer components. But also, the new version, and I didn't get to see this, but there's like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten modules? I don't know. I loads and loads of modules included in the game to add extra variability with lots of, uh, you know, big designers. Stefan Feld's done one. Adam Kwipinski's done one. Uh, lots of other designers have, uh, have, have done some of these modules. So, yeah, still on Kickstarter right now. Lagranja Deluxe Master Set. And again, I'm a fan of Lagranja, so I'm excited when this version actually gets to print and comes out. Saturday the 22nd. This was an odd day. Uh, I think Vicky wasn't feeling well and had a lie down in the afternoon. And I was, I was thinking, oh, I really fancy playing a game, like I do most days of my life. Um, and Mark Perry had just got the latest version of Thunderstone Quest arrived. Um, and I said, Thunderstone Quest, we talked about that like six months ago. So we actually went online, found a tabletop simulator mod, and we played a game of Thunderstone Quest. Now, not the new shiny one that Mark had just got, but the very, very original first mission and everything else. So yeah, Thunderstone Quest is a game which I have in the attic. I played a little bit when it came out, and I was like, I can see, I can see there's something in there, but I wasn't quite getting it. And it's been something that I've been meaning to go back to for a while and try it out again. Uh, and we did, over Tabletop Simulator. And, and I did enjoy it. The game did take a little bit longer than, than I thought. Uh, and it also has a weird scaling issue. And I have, this, I have the same thing with Aeon's End. Because uh, a game of Thunderstone Quest and Aeon's End last the same number of turns, roughly speaking, but in a two-player game, those turns will be divided between the two players. And in a four-player game, you will basically get half the number of turns that you get in a two-player game. And what that means in a game like a deck building game like Thunderstone Quest, like Aeon's End, where you're building up your own deck, in a two-player game, you're going to go through that deck a lot and you're going to see it a lot. And two-player game was great. I remember playing it four-player once and the game was over by the time... I mean, obviously, you've cycled through your deck a few times, but I didn't feel that I'd cycled through it enough that the deck building part of the game was important for me. So yeah, Thunderstone Quest... Uh, it's made me want to get the physical game out and try it again because I, I did. I do enjoy the system. I think it's quite nice. Uh, the rulebook isn't very clear. I felt, and there were definitely a few things where we were like, "Well, how does that work?" and and how what's here and everything else. I think once you've played the game, I think it's fine. 
but learning how to play the game was a little bit of a struggle. So anyway, Thunderstone Quest, uh, might be some more of that coming at some point, who knows? The 26th of January uh, was a Wednesday and I did the live Q&A and then I decided to have games night. Now, there's a friend of mine in America, well, friends of mine in America, uh, Barbara and Matt Allen, who I've not seen for possibly three years, certainly over two years and possibly three years. Uh, and we became friends and then we kind of lost contact with each other. Uh, and I, I reconnected with them last year and I said, look, we, we need to do something. We need to have like, you know, maybe a games night or something like that. And we decided to do it that Wednesday. So basically what I did is I hosted uh, an evening where we played through Codenames using CGE's website, uh, codenames.game, uh, I think it is. Uh, and basically this was all, it was all live streamed to patrons and I put a message on Slack. And as the evening went on, we played five games in total, but as the evening went on, more and more people were joining us that were watching. And that was really nice. So yeah, I played a whole bunch of games of Codenames. Uh, it's always it's always fun. It's always a good game, and it was really nice to catch up with uh, with Barb. Uh, unfortunately, Matt was working, so he wasn't able to join us. But yeah, big thank you to everybody who joined us for those Codenames games. They are not available on the channel as a public stream. As I say, it was very much a, a, a friends playing games behind the scenes kind of thing. So yeah, that was good. Uh, on the 27th of January, as voted on by Patreon supporters, I did a solo playthrough of Lost Ruins of Arnak with the expansion. Now, Lost Ruins of Arnak, massively, massively popular game. Uh, and even, you know, even now I'm still finding more people who are telling me, oh yeah, I've just played Lost Ruins of Arnak for the first time. Amazing game, loved it. And I'm like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? But I've never had chance to play the expansion. So on the 27th of January, and this is on the channel now, uh, I did a public playthrough of... Lost Ruins of Arnak with the expansion. CGE gave me, or was basically given a, doing a giveaway to win a set of promo cards. That contest ends today. So <laughs> later on today, I'll be doing the draw and somebody's going to win a copy of all of the promo cards for the game. Uh, good luck in advance for that. But yeah, first time I've played with the expansion and I played with the Mystic character that everybody had said was like, oh, this, this is the most complicated character. Uh, and it, it was, but it was fine. It was really clever in the way that it works. And when I'm talking to people about the game now, I'm saying, oh, which is your favourite character? Which one do you like playing? Because they all play very differently. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good game. Um, I think I did quite well, and I definitely need to up the difficulty next time. I was a little concerned that because I wasn't that experienced with the game, and I've not played it in a while, that I didn't play on the highest difficulty level. Um, but next time, I think, I think I need to, definitely. So yeah, that was good. On the 28th of January, it was Zhang Nan, Life of Gentry Day. So first of all, there were two videos on the channel. One of them was private, one of them was public. Again, as usual, the afternoon one was a private stream where I basically learned how to play the game again, practiced teaching other people, and then in the evening, we did a public playthrough. So that's on the channel now. Zhang Nan Life of Gentry is a new game from Mo Ideas. It's on Kickstarter right now. And if you are interested in learning how to play the game and seeing a three-player game of it, then that is on my channel now. Um, because that was a sponsored video for the Kickstarter campaign, I can't really give you my personal opinion on the game, other than I can tell you what we all talked about after we'd played the game. The way that you have to choose, each, each turn you choose, you've got four action tiles on your board, and you choose one of them, which is the action that you're going to do in the round. And the action tiles on your board are sort of a bag building aspects of the game. You are drafting new tiles which go into your bag and then they're the ones that are going to come out. So there's that aspect of the game. But when you choose your action tile, 
your, the, the, the one that's left on your board, the rightmost one that's left on your board gets discarded and you get a different effect from it. So straight away you've got a decision to make. Which, which action do you want to do and which tile is going to get removed? Because that tile that gets removed is not just discarded back in your bag, it's gone from the game. So you need to be very, very careful about which card you discard. Now, going back to the action that you choose, that's actually really clever because there's six different actions in the game. But you're not just choosing which action you're going to do this turn because when you do an action, you also get to put a cube on the boat underneath that action. So you're deciding which action you're going to do and which boat you need a cube on and the boats move along each turn. So there is a definite element of planning ahead because those boats are going to be important scoring tiles. And that is fascinating and that I've not seen that before. There's a lot of the game which is standard Euro game stuff, but that part of the game is just really, really clever in that you're having to choose the, the action that you want to do now, but also which cube do you want to put the boat on, which is going to give you majorities, which is going to help you in the scoring and everything else. Yeah, really clever design. And I'm actually doing a solo playthrough of it this week. So there is a solo mode included in the game. That's scheduled for this Wednesday. So if you're interested in seeing the solo mode, that will be coming very soon to the channel now. Uh, Zhang Nan Life of Gentry is still on Kickstarter right now. Uh, I've worked with Mo Ideas. I've been fans of their games for quite a few years now. Uh, and I've worked with them a little bit on some of their other games. And yeah, great, great people behind the Mo Ideas team. Um, yeah. Next up, Old London Bridge, which is... Not on the wall behind me. I thought it was, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> Old London Bridge is a new game coming from Queen Games and the Kickstarter is going live, I believe, this week. Now, I've played two games of it in January. I did one game where I played it on the 28th, which was the learning game, which was a game. We got the game out, uh, we got the rulebook out, we set it up and we learned how to play the game from the rulebook. Then I recorded another video, which was on the 31st of January, which is the video which is going live on my channel as soon as I finish recording this vlog, right? So before this vlog goes live and before I've even edited it, I will be making live on my channel the old London Bridge tutorial and playthrough video. It is a light game. I'm not even sure it's light to medium. I, I think it's a light game designed by Leo Calvini and Gabrielle Babola. Now I know Leo Calvini is a designer because I've got some of his other games that I've played in the past. With rules explanation, it takes about 45 minutes. So it's, it was a 45 minute video. That's including the rules explanation. That video will be live on the channel right now, whenever you're watching this, if you want to go and check that out. And as I say, it's coming out, uh, it's going on Kickstarter. Queen Games are putting it up on Kickstarter, I think, I think this week. Right, next up, on the 30th of January, I did a solo game of Lord of the Rings card game. Um, in fact, I think I did two. Yeah, I've only got recorded one, but I think I think I did two. So I've, do, I've recently got a copy of the new revised set for Lord of the Rings, the card game, or Lord of the Rings LCG. I think it's called Lord of the Rings, the card game. Uh, and I've done an unboxing video of it on the channel, and I was very keen to get back into it. As I said, I'm a big fan of the Arkham Horror card game, and I'm a big fan of the Marvel Champions card game. And the Lord of the Rings card game, well, I should also be a fan of that as well, because it's Lord of the Rings themed, and I absolutely love Lord of the Rings. Um, and it's a cooperative game and it's a card game and I love all of those things. You wrap all of those things together and I should love the Lord of the Rings the card game. However, I have played the original version and I had some issues with it. So I was very excited when I heard that there was a new version coming out because I thought they were going to update it and maybe fix things. But they haven't. Now, that came as a little bit of a surprise to me 
But when I realised what they've done with the new Arkham Horror revised corset, they haven't changed anything in that either. So it's basically just a reprint, but what they've done is they've given you three of every card instead of one of every card, so you don't have to go and buy three sets. They've repackaged it, they've re-released it, but it's the same game. Now, they have introduced these campaign cards as well, um, but the actual core game is exactly the same. So I was a little bit nervous because I had some issues with the original game um, in terms of the card draw and the look of the draw and things like that. You know, if you're building... And, and I've banged on about this before, and I know lots of people disagree, but if you're building a 50-card deck, Arkham Horror and Marvel Champions are 30 cards, and you're only drawing one card per turn, unless you specifically put other cards in your deck that allow you to draw cards. So the default card draw is one card per turn on a 50-card deck. That means the look of the draw, of whether you get the cards or not, yeah. I personally have an opinion that any card game needs some base in included rule in the game that allows you to draw more cards. And like Arkham Horror has that rule in there and Marvel Champions you actually is a very different system because you draw up to your hand size. I also, as a second thing that I don't like in games, I don't like dead cards. I don't like playing any kind of card game where you draw a card, especially when it's you draw one card per turn and it's a dead card. Now, Marvel Champions fixes that because every card is used to pay for other cards, and Arkham Horror fixes that in that every card can be used for skill tests. Lord of the Rings doesn't have any of that. Um, so I've played a couple of games of it now, I've played solo, and whilst I enjoy the theme and I love the way that the combat mechanisms work, um, the, the part of the game that is still bothering me is you're drawing one card a turn, and if you draw that one card and it is for a unique thing that you've already got in play, it's a dead card. You have no use for that card whatsoever. Now, I know that there are some abilities in game that say, oh, in order to do this, you must discard a card, but that's, that's not the point. So I personally, I need to play it a bit more, but personally, I feel that the Lord of the Rings card game, and I know if you're a massive fan of the game, you're going to hate me saying this, it's outdated. There are certain game design choices in that game which are outdated and, yeah, and ultimately... I don't play Arkham Horror the card game anywhere near as much as I want to. I don't play Marvel Champions anywhere near as much as I want to. Even though Lord of the Rings is a theme which I like, am I going to start spending my time playing that when I far prefer the other two games? We'll, we'll have to see. There's another game now that I completely missed off my list when I was making my list of all of the games that I played, and this is Watch. Designed by Daniel Newman and published by P.D. Verlag. I played this game a few times in January. P.D. Verlag wanted me to do a video on the game, and I've been friends with Daniel for a number of years, so I agreed to cover it on the channel. Um, and I learned how to play the game in the morning, and then I got some friends over, uh, and I did a multiplayer game. That is on the channel now. Uh, Watch is a very unusual theme. You're actually working. Uh, it's set after World War II, and you're working in a, an old munitions factory that's been repurposed to create watches. But what you're doing, because there's loads of corruption, you're trying to smuggle out... Uh, smuggle out some of the munitions into crates and disguise them. Effectively what you are doing is you are collecting 
two types of resources in the game. You're collecting these gears and you're collecting money and then you're converting these gears into crates which are worth points. But thematically that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's a very clever game. It plays very smoothly and it doesn't actually take that long and it has a very interesting player interaction mechanism where one of the spaces you can go to you decide which areas are going to be watched over by the supervisor on the next round. And if anybody goes to one of the risky areas, they end up getting caught and they end up having to pay you money, but there can be bribes and things like that. Anyway, the video is on the channel now. I've actually done the video and split it into two parts. So if you want to learn how to play, that's one video. Or if you want to watch the actual playthrough, then that's a second video. So the Games Club uh, in Cranbrook met on the 3rd of February. We're almost there with the games that I've been playing. Uh, and I played three games in the evening. I played, first of all, uh, Zapotec, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but then I played two games of The King is Dead 2nd Edition. Now, The King is Dead 2nd Edition I have played before, and I have covered it on the channel before, probably about a year ago, maybe even more. But when I was deciding to go to the games club on Thursday night, I took Zapotec with me, but I thought this isn't going to take all night. This is probably only going to take an hour and a quarter, hour and a half at the most. So I need to take some more short games. And I put three other short games in the bag, and then after we'd played Zapotec, I was like, which one of these do you want to play? And we decided on playing The King is Dead. And we played it twice. Now, although I had played it before, I'd forgotten the rules of the game and how you play the game. But by the end of that first game, it all came back to me, because the rules are actually really simple. And then we played a second game. And now The King is Dead 2nd Edition is fantastic. It is a really, really clever game where... There's basically three factions, the Scottish, the English and the Welsh, fighting for control of England. And the players are playing cards to influence those three factions. Now, we played a three-player game of it, but that doesn't mean that one player is the Scottish, one player is the English, one player is the Welsh. No, all players are basically trying to influence and move cubes around from all of the three factions. And what makes the game really clever is that there's two ways the game can end. The game can end in either uh, a coronation, at which point you use one victory condition, or it can end in the French invasion, where you use a different victory condition. And the players, by simply playing a card and moving a cube and taking a cube, and that's essentially what the, what the game is, it's really clever. And the interaction between how the players works is just really good. Now, the second edition comes with some extra cards, um, like an advanced version of the game. But we decided to play the base game and then play the base game again just because we didn't want to throw in any extras and we were a bit short on time. But yeah, King is Dead 2nd Edition, fantastic game, really, really enjoy it. So, on to Zapotec. I played Zapotec on the Thursday at the club. I'd, I'd learned how to play it in the afternoon just by reading the rule book, and I took it to the games club and we played it. I taught uh, Emily and Paul how to play and we played a three-player game of it, and then on the Friday it got covered on the channel. I did a solo playthrough in the morning, and then I did uh, an actual playthrough in the afternoon. So there are videos for Zapotec on my channel now. There is a three-player tutorial and playthrough on the channel that I did last Friday, but I have actually played it about three or four times in, in those few days. And Zapotec is designed by Fabio Lapiano, and although it doesn't start with a T, it has been described as a lighter T game. In other words, it's, it's from board and dice. The theme of the game is, is uh, Mesoamerican, uh, another South American ancient civilization, uh, this time the Zapotec Empire, and I really enjoyed it. I now have a new Fabio Lopiano favorite game. Uh, I've played a few of his in the past, but this one is, is just really good. 
And again, I'm going to go right back to what I said at the start of uh, this list of games about how my uh, style or what I like in games has, has changed over the years. And Zapotec is not a heavy game. I think it's a medium weight game, but the depth of the choices is really good. I mean, there's five rounds in Zapotec and you get to take one turn in a round. That means you will take five turns in the entire game. I mean, what kind of a game, how many games do you know where you only take five turns and then the game's over? It's crazy, but the amount of stuff that you do in those turns is really good. So yeah, the amount of depth in the game, considering the relatively short rules overhead, uh, I think is really good. So yeah, Zapotec, really good game, definitely want to play it again, and I enjoyed the solo mode, so I'm, I'm keen to try the solo mode again. Uh, what else did we do on that Friday? Well, I played Concordia Venus. Now, Concordia Venus has been on my list of games to play ever since it came out. Concordia is a brilliant game. Concordia is one of my favourite games. I really, really enjoy it. And when Concordia Venus came out, I like team games. So surely I should love it. But it's been, what, two years? And I finally managed to get hold of a copy of Concordia Venus. And I finally managed to play it. That is live on the channel. If you want to see how a team game of Concordia Venus plays out, we did a playthrough on the channel. We did a four-player playthrough of it using the base game map, but using the team rules. It's probably my favourite way to play Concordia, but that is because I like team games. Okay, if you don't like team games, you'd probably prefer just normal, everyone for themselves Concordia. But for me, who likes team games, Concordia Venus was brilliant. And you can play it with any map in any configuration and everything. So yeah, really, really happy that I've played Concordia Venus because um, I've been wanting to cover it on the channel for, well, I've been wanting to play it for a couple of years and I've been wanting to cover it on the channel for since, since I got hold of a copy. So yeah, there we go. Other games that I've played, I've been playing a little bit through the ages on the app. Uh, without going into too much detail, I've, uh, my, my anxiety and insomnia issues in the last four or five days have, have yeah, reached a, a, a very high level. And that means I've spent uh, many hours lying in bed unable to sleep. So I've been playing the Through the Ages app. Uh, I've been playing one specific challenge. And for those of you who know the app, you will know that it comes with a list of challenges and each challenge has got different levels. Well, I have beaten all of the challenges on the green level except for the one where you're fighting against uh, Thor, Loki and Odin. And I can't beat that one. So I've been playing that one a few times. The app, it's still good to play through the ages. I still love playing it, but I can't beat this particular scenario. So if you have any tips for me on how to beat that scenario, please let me know because I just, I just can't seem to beat it. Um, anyway, that's everything. That's all of the games that I've been playing since the last video log. So that's pretty much the last four weeks worth. Other content that has been on the channel, I did two unboxing videos. I did a Zapotec unboxing video and I did a Siege of Rundar unboxing video, which is a new cooperative game, uh, tower defence style game from Reiner Knizia, published by Ludanova, uh, which I got a copy of and I'm looking forward to playing that one. And I also hosted a four-player game of Undaunted Reinforcements with the four designers, David Thompson, Trevor Benjamin, David Digby and David Turtsy. I wasn't actually playing in the game myself. It was a 2v2 game. Uh, Undaunted Reinforcements played over Tabletop Simulator because we're all in different countries. But I was hosting the game and that video is on the channel now if you want to see the four designers going at it. And I also did a live Q&A uh, in January as normal. Right, let's move on to Patreon update. Uh, 
Um, as I mentioned at the start, this video and a lot of the other content that I create is only made possible thanks to the support of the Patreon campaign. I have been doing quite a few sponsored videos recently, but that's just, that's where we are at the moment. I'm looking ahead to my calendar for the next couple of months and there isn't really that many sponsored videos in there. I'm not saying that's a problem, but what I'm saying is I am going to be producing a lot of content for the channel over the next couple of months, which is not paid for by anybody other than Patreon supporters. So yeah, a big thank you to everybody who does support me on Patreon, uh, all of the new supporters that I've had recently, but also everybody who has, who has stuck with me through these difficult times. Uh, and January was actually a good month for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, we got 35 new supporters in January. Uh, that is maintaining the, 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 the same rough numbers of new supporters that I've been having, having every month now since October. Um, we did lose 14 people in January, but that is a net gain of 21 people. So that's, I, I'm surprised um, that there is still that, because I expected uh, an initial gain when I announced that I was stepping down from rulebook writing, uh, which I still haven't managed to do yet. I'm still trying to wrap up a couple of rulebooks. Um, but that, that growth has maintained itself for the, for the last three months. So that's really nice to see. Um, there, is a, there is a list on screen right now of all of the new supporters who have started supporting me in January. Now, if you've started supporting me recently and you're wondering why your name is not on this list, this list doesn't include anybody who has supported me in February. So a big thank you to you because there are uh, six people who have supported me since the end of January right up until today. Um, but your name will appear on, on the next list. Now, the other piece of good news is we broke 800. Many of you regular viewers of the channel will know that I've been on a Patreon drive to try and get to 800 Patreon supporters. It was just a number that I, I put there um, as something to aim for. And we actually got there in January. So yeah, a huge thank you to everybody for helping me get to 800 Patreon supporters. Uh, I do have some special things planned. However, the way that the Patreon cycle works is at the start of each new month, you always lose a whole bunch of supporters. What happens is if Patreon is unable to take somebody's payment uh, due to their card expiring or for any other reason, then it suddenly drops their membership. So on one day at the start of February, I looked at the Patreon page and although nobody had actually left the Patreon, it had dropped down by about 15 or 16 people. And that's just what happens. Now, that number will gradually increase as Patreon, you know, people renew their card details or whatever. But we are currently sat at 796, I think it is. It's either 796 or 798, I can't remember. But yeah, as I mentioned, six new people have joined me in the last week and that has brought the numbers back up. So we are at 798. We are only two people away again from 800. But this time, and this is cross fingers, this is a hope, if the current level of growth uh, stays the same, then by the end of February, we should be at 800 and hopefully it won't drop down to below 800. Um, we'll, we'll see how we get on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm confident we're going to get to 800 and we're going to stay there. So what have I got planned for when we get to 800? Well, I've got a few things planned. Uh, the one big one is where I'm going to go through my entire collection uh, and rate it. Um, not rare. I'm going to do some kind of weird thing where I, I pick two games at random, put them up against each other and choose which one will win. And that will go down to round two. I've worked out that this video is going to be about eight to ten hours long, but it's going to be fun and I'm, and I'm going to do it. Um, but I have all sorts of other plans for later in the year. 
as I say, at the moment, I'm still trying to wrap up uh, work on the ISS Vanguard rulebook and the Batman rulebook. The Frostpunt rulebook finally is done and dusted, and that is now with language partners. But once all of this work has gone, and I've got myself a bit more free time, I want to start doing an interview with designers. Uh, I want to do some Paul's random ramblings. I want to do various collaborative uh, things with other content creators. So if you're a content creator and you're watching this video and you want to collaborate with me on anything, let me know. Definitely let me know. Um, I've also had some ideas where I, I want to spend an entire day playing Tame Before Me Mars or another entire day playing, uh, what was it I thought of? Oh yeah, Aeon's End. Just playing through all of the um, nemesises from Aeon's End base set and just going through them one at a time. Uh, and then spending another day, all, I might just do an Arkham Horror Day where I literally play through a solo campaign from start to finish all day. It'll be about 12 hours long, but it'll be fantastic. Um, so things like that. I've got all these exciting plans, but I just need to get all of my other stuff out of the way. And as I say, it's been a busy time the last few weeks for these, for these playthroughs. So contest, let's talk about the contest. Every month as part of the Patreon campaign, I do a giveaway contest. And the contest last month was to win a copy of Zhang Nan, Life of Gentry. Thank you very much to Mo Ideas for supporting the channel uh, by basically giving me this copy of the game to give away. Now, I haven't physically been given a copy of the game because it's not out yet. It's still on Kickstarter. Um, but I did the draw and the winner is Dennis Leung. Thank you very much, Dennis, for your support over the time with me uh, as a Patreon supporter and congratulations on winning. I've already spoken to Dennis and I've spoken to Mo Ideas and Dennis's name is now on the list to receive a copy of the game when it comes out. This month's contest is to win a copy of Cocapelli, which is on the wall there. And that's because Queen Games accidentally sent me two copies of it. So thank you very much, Queen Games, for sending me a copy of Cocapelli. Um, but due to some... I, I, I don't know how it happened. I think I was, I was on one list and then I was on another list. But basically, I've got two copies of Cocapelli. Uh, and I said, well, what do you want me to do with the other one? And they said, well, use it as a giveaway. So here we go. That's what I'm going to be doing. So unlike... Last month's contest for Zhang Nan, I physically have the copy of Cocapelli that I'm going to be giving away. So hopefully somebody in the UK will win. So otherwise, because otherwise postage is insanely at the moment. But what do you need to do to enter this contest? Absolutely nothing. So for those people who get confused with these contests, I'll go through it again. This contest to win a copy of Cocapelli, you don't need to do anything. Basically, if you are a patron supporter of mine at producer level, producer level or higher, you get entered into the draw. You don't need to enter, you don't need to click on anything, you don't need to fill in a form, you automatically get entered into it. So yeah, it's basically a way of me saying thank you to the people who support the channel um, by, by giving something back to them each month. So yeah, if you are a patron supporter at producer level or higher, at the end of this month, you automatically get entered into the draw and I will do the draw start of March. And one of you is going to win a copy of Cocapelli, which I think is a fantastic game. Um, I really, really enjoy Cocapelli. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's the giveaways. And I think that is the Patreon update. Right, moving on, plans for the future. Yeah, I said I was going to talk about my plans for the future. And I actually, I've forgotten to actually write this down on my list. So bear with us a minute. Let me pull up everything that I've got planned for the next few weeks so that I can tell you all about them. I'm really happy that I'm still at the stage now where I'm really excited about all these games that I'm going to be covering. So this week I am doing uh, Monday, filming and editing the monthly video log. That's this. <laughs> right, this week I've got a lot of things planned for this week. In fact, I'll put a picture on screen right now of my plans for this week. So on Wednesday I'm doing the solo playthrough of Zhang Nan. That will be live 
to the public at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then, as voted on by Patreon supporters, I am doing a live solo playthrough of Australia. So, yeah, that the, the new expansion is going to be out soon. Um, and I've got a copy of it on the way, but I've been wanting to get back to Australia for a long, long time. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing that on Wednesday. On Friday, I'm going to be doing uh, Tindaya. So, Tindaya, I'm actually going to be learning how to play the game in the morning with the designer. Then I'm going to be doing a practice game in the afternoon. And then I'm going to be doing a live playthrough in the evening. And Tindaya looks like my kind of game. I really enjoyed everything that I've read about this game. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Now, moving on to next week, I've actually got Tindaya again on the Monday. So on the Monday, I am planning to do a solo playthrough of Tindaya. Uh, then on the Tuesday, I'm actually going to be playing Anunnaki. Now, Anunnaki, the prototype arrived today. Uh, this is a new game from uh, Cranio Creations designed by Simone Luciani and Danilo Sabia. But on Tuesday of next week, I am joining Cranio Creations on their Twitch stream. So this won't be on my channel, but you will be able to watch it on Cranio Creations' live stream. I think they do it on uh, Twitch and Facebook as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be joining them next Tuesday for a game of that. I've already played the prototype at Essen, um, so I'm looking forward to playing that again. Um, but the other thing that I'm going to be working on, what else have I got planned? Yeah, that's actually it. Now, that's not saying that I'm not going to do any more. I'm going to be doing a lot more. I just haven't actually planned. Like, I've got Games Night here, Games Night here, Games Night here. There'll be a lot more content coming to the channel, but I just don't know exactly what. What I can say is that the rest of my daytimes for this month is booked out to work on the Perseverance videos. So I have filmed all of the scenes from the first episode, and I am editing those together this week. Uh, and then hopefully next week I will finish episode one and I'll start working on episode two. And I'm hoping to have them all done. I mean, if everything goes right, I'll have them all done by the end of February. But that's probably not going to happen. Um, it's probably going to be more like the middle of March when most of the uh, when both of those videos are ready. But yeah, that's that's what I've got planned for. Um, as I say, this this week the plans are fixed in stone. Next week it might not sound like I'm doing much. The week after, I haven't actually got anything booked into the calendar games-wise yet. But there will definitely be more content coming to the channel. There's two other things that we've been up to. It was Vicky's birthday in January, and we did a couple of things to help sort of celebrate that. One of the things we did is we went out for one day, uh, and we did a load of geocaching. Both me and Vicky really enjoy geocaching. We've just not been doing it for quite a while, for various reasons. But we went out for one morning uh, for like three hours, walking through some woods uh, on, a, on a geocaching route. And that was actually quite close to home. It was about 10 minutes drive away. So yeah, we, we had a really good day there. Uh, and then the following we went, we, we went to Plymouth Aquarium. Now we'd been to Plymouth Aquarium before. It was probably about 10 years ago. It's, it's crazy how time flies. But both of us had really fond memories of going. So we decided um, we, we took a day off for her birthday and we went down to Plymouth for the day. We went to see the aquarium. Uh, which was very cool, and then we spent a bit of time walking around Plymouth. Now, it was a Wednesday afternoon, it was in January, most of the things were closed, but um, yeah, we wandered around. Uh, I popped into a, a games workshop and looked at some painted miniatures, and Vicky bought a new pair of slippers. And uh, yeah, it was a really nice day. Painting update, I'll just put some pictures on screen now of things that I've been painting recently. Um, again, this is all in preparation for doing the Batman Gotham City Chronicles video which is going to be happening sometime in March. I've got a few more figures to paint, um, but also I've got the figures from um, Anachrony. So I've now finished two of the factions from Anachrony, and I'll put pictures of those on screen now. That's just some of the painting that I've been doing in the last few weeks. But I think that's everything. 
Um, let me know, as always, in the comments what you think about some of the games that I've played, whether you agree or disagree with me. And um, yeah, just a big thank you again to all of my Patreon supporters for helping make everything that I do possible. Until next time, take care and thanks for watching.